Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answers Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answers Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, and my guest this hour is Ted Beck, who is the President and Chief Executive Officer of the National Endowment for Financial Education. Welcome to the show, Ted. Uh, thanks for having me. I look forward to having a chance to chat. Uh, let's just start a little bit about uh, your biography, uh, Ted, and then we'll start a little bit about uh, what NIFI, National Endowment for Financial Education, is all about. Just let's start with a little bit of your biography. Uh, well, I've, I, this is actually the I would, what I would call my third career. I started off as a banker. I was uh, a banker for about 23 years, uh, working around the world, and... Uh, uh, it was a career I greatly enjoyed. I, I thought I learned a lot, and uh, but then I had always had a desire to do something in education. Uh, so while I was working, uh, I w- was also on the board at the University of Wisconsin School of Business, where I received my MBA. And uh, at one weak moment, they called and asked if I was interested in joining the school in a more official capacity as the Associate Dean for Executive Education. and. Uh, I made the mistake of uh, having told my wife for years, gee, I should go do something like this. And when that opportunity came up, she said, well, it's time to put up or shut up. Because she was actually kind of tired of me talking about uh, my next career. So at that stage, I joined the university, and that was 1999, uh, and was responsible for executive education and uh, corporate relations for the school. And uh, I stayed doing that until 2005 when uh, NIFI, uh, the National Endowment, uh, we usually are known by NIFI in the community, was looking for a new president, president to replace uh, Bill Anthos, who had really built the organization and is one of the real godfathers of financial literacy in this country. Bill was retiring, and uh, they asked me to come and take his position, which I did in October of 2005. Uh, so I'm one of those fortunate people that's actually had three careers that they've thoroughly enjoyed. NIFI uh, is a very interesting organization that we, I think is a, does some incredibly good work around the country, so it's a great honor for me to have this opportunity. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, NIFI and sure. uh, kind of what it's over. We're going to get into the specific programs you have, but what are some of the overall goals uh, that NIFI is trying to accomplish? Well, the the real big goal is we're trying to make sure that all Americans have the ability uh, and tools necessary to reach financial stability. And we're wholly de- dedicated to that. We're one of the very few organizations that are really out to improve financial well-being for the entire country. Uh, we are somewhat unique in that everything we do, we give away. We do not sell anything, nor do we really... Uh, have an aggressive fundraising program to uh, fund our activities, but uh, so we're very nonpartisan and do not really have close ties into any financial organization. So that allows us to be very independent. So let's just talk a little bit about the the state of financial education and financial literacy uh, in the country today. There are some people Great. saying it's better and that uh, there's more information out there than ever before, and the internet and uh, people see things on TV, and there's magazines and newspapers. There's just tons of financial information out there, and there are programs in the schools that didn't exist before. Uh, but others would say that financial literacy is worse than it's ever been based on the amount of uh, bankruptcy and credit problems and people not saving enough and all kinds of 
financial bad behaviors, I guess you might say. So where, where do you see things uh, standing right now in the financial literacy field? Well, clearly there's some challenges. Uh, if you look at what's happened, especially over the last 20 years, if uh, you talked about financial planning 25 years ago, uh, the idea was to start saving some money, uh, have a job with an organization that has a good pension, and make sure you factor in Social Security. Well, over the last 20, 25 years, the rules have changed a bit, and uh, things have become more complex, and there's been more responsibility put on the individual. So uh, people have to be able to step up to that challenge. Now, there's a lot of uh, comments out there about that are fairly negative, and that people may not be prepared to do that. Uh, I personally think that that's selling the American public a bit short. Uh, I think given the proper uh, awareness, uh, education, and tools, the average American family can do okay in this area. But we have to make sure we do those things, uh, and that's where there's a little bit of a gap. Uh, so, so you're saying there's been a shift in the sense of responsibility, whereas before uh, people would have a defined benefit pension that was done for them instead of a 401k where they had to make choices, uh, they had Social Security. A lot of the things that they now have to make decisions on, they didn't have to in the past. They were kind of taken care of in a paternalistic way. Yes. Has that been a big shift, you think? Well, I think it's created a need for that education. Because as I said, awareness, uh, education, and tools need to be developed so that that average person can be very comfortable in making informed decisions. And that's what we're all about. And that's so, where the real, I think, challenge is uh, in financial education today. Is it at all levels, or, or is it more more the younger and school-age uh, kids that need more financial education right now? Well, I believe it's at all levels. Uh, I mean, one of the, the weaknesses I think we have as a community is we try to teach someone in one sitting everything they need to know about financial literacy. Uh, so if somebody takes a course or gets online, we, we hope that they could learn everything at that one time. I don't think that works. The deeds change. Uh, and as you think about how different financial products have evolved, the need for continuous education is there. So one of the things we spend a lot of time on is trying to figure out how to get good, solid financial information to people throughout their economic life. And that really starts in grade school and goes on to post-retirement. Mm -hmm. And it, it has to be continuous. It has to be worthwhile information. It has to be... Uh, information that doesn't have an embedded sales pitch in it, and so that people, as they go throughout their life, they can have that information on a just-in-time basis. And a lot of our programming uh, is really built around that. So let's talk a little bit about some of the programming that NEFI offers. Uh, and again, this is Ted Beck, uh, who is the Chief Executive Officer of, Officer of the National Endowment for Financial Education, NEFI, uh, on the Money Answer Show. Let, let's talk about some of the programs, maybe beginning... Uh, with the high school program you have, I guess it's called the High School Financial Planning Program. Well, it's uh, a great place to start. How, what, what is involved in that program, and, and how is that getting out there now? Well, the program has been around for about 20 years, and it's one of the largest uh, programs of its type in the country. Uh, it really started as an identification that there was a need for a continual flow of good content and curriculum to high schools, uh, primarily. Uh, that started about 20 years ago, and the program has uh, grown substantially uh, at the moment. Uh, our peak year was about two years ago when we had over 600,000 students enrolled in the program throughout the country. 
Uh, we expect to break that record this year because we've rolled out a new version of the program uh, that uh, went live on April 1st of this year. Uh, now, it's a, it's a book-based program that's typically done in a high school class. Uh, the reason it is book-based is the teachers tell us that it's very important for the student to have that uh, book in their hands, and that's actually a book, one of the very few books that they get to keep. So the uh, we have been providing the program, as I said, for over 20 years, and at this point over 5 million students have taken the course. Uh, it's really focused on... Uh, developing a financial plan for the individual. And uh, at the moment, there are seven uh, categories that are, you look at. Uh, there's financial planning, where it all starts, budgeting, a very key thing uh, that looks at how do you spend your money, uh, how do you figure out a game plan for yourself to do so. It looks then at investing, uh, how do you make your money work for you, uh, issues around good debt and bad debt. By no means does the program teach that debt is a bad thing, but it's something that's a tool that you really have to be in control of. Uh, so a very important message on that. Uh, also then looking at uh, your money on how to keep it safe and secure. Uh, things like insurance, uh, fraud, uh, and then a very key thing about what's your career. What are you going to do uh, in your life as you get out of high school so that you can have an income and then figure out how to manage that? Uh, some very important partnerships uh, that uh, the program is based on. We started initially with the uh, folks from the Cooperative Extension, the land-grant universities. Uh, and then over the years, we've added a very strong relationship with the credit union movement uh, from CUNA, Credit Union National Association, so they're very supportive. So are the extension agents and the credit union people actually teaching the class in high schools? Uh, no, they're usually arranging uh, for the teacher training. So it's the teacher themselves that is that usually are the teachers, but the uh, the folks from Cooperative Extension and the folks from uh, the credit union movement will go in and help the teacher. They'll really you know, augment the effort. Mm -hmm. And then there's two other organizations that I think are very important. Uh, we're very, we have a very strong relationship with the uh, Junior ROTC program. Uh, I think last year we had over 90,000 students uh, from Junior ROTC programs take the course. Uh, and then we've just added what we think is a very important alliance uh, and really underscores one of the issues in financial education. Uh, junior Achievement had their own program uh, for high school students. And the program uh, has an incredible volunteer force behind it of well over 100,000 JA volunteers. And I had several meetings with the uh, then president of JA saying, uh, you know, we should really be joining forces here because we have what we think and is independently evaluated as an outstanding program for the schools. And they have this great volunteer force out there, so if we join forces, why don't we distribute our program through that additional channel? So that uh, we agreed to that last September, and this fall that will go live. So the JA volunteers around the country will be actually using our program, uh, and it's another way to support the teachers. So we expect a, a real rapid growth in the program this year. In the high schools, are these courses taught as a separate course, or is it part of home economics or uh, economics or uh, math. I mean, what, I, I find that in many cases, schools don't know where to put personal finance education in their curriculum. Well, shelf space is a huge issue. Uh, there's no question about it.
or most schools don't have a business department. So the, the course is really taught in a very wide range of, uh, of areas. We've had everybody from math teachers, we've actually had some English teachers, and we have finally had a physics teacher take the course, uh, the teacher training course. So, but in general, it's taught in areas uh, like consumer science or math or social studies. And the nice thing about the content of the program is it's really crosswalked across a wide range of curriculum. So the teachers who can creatively incorporate these sorts of lessons into their game plan. Very good. Okay, we'll be back after this. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is uh, President and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education, NIFI, uh, talking about the need for financial education. We'll be back after this. Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to Jordan Goodman's Money Answer Show. And my guest this uh, hour is uh, Ted Beck, uh, who is the president and uh, CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education, uh, NIFI, uh, based in the Denver area. Welcome back to the show, Ted. 
Thank you. Let's talk about uh, the, the state of, of uh, financial literacy in the high schools. Now, there are these tests that are done, I guess, of high school seniors uh, every year uh, by the Jumpstart Coalition. I guess you have some things. What, what have been the trends uh, recently in the state of high school uh, financial education? Well, there's fairly widespread opinion on that. Uh, I, I'm on the board of I'm on the national board of Jumpstart, and, and IFE was actually one of the founding organizations of Jumpstart, so we have a long history with the program. And the survey that um, that you're mentioning, that Jumpstart does every year, is is a uh, quiz that students take. Whether and there's uh, they are not necessarily students who have taken financial literacy uh, courses while they're in high school. And in general, the results have not been great. Uh, the uh, pass rate, if you will, is uh, probably in the 50-55% range. Uh, and it's a fairly technical quiz, and I think a lot of people dwell on that. Uh, we have a slightly different view of the success of the programs. One of the things we do is uh, within our program, which, as I said, is, is one of the largest in the country, uh, we have to, because of the changes in financial literacy landscape, we have to update the program every four or five years. And uh, usually a year to two after each of those pro new uh, programs roll out, which we are just rolling one out right now, we commission an independent study uh, that looks at, is this working? Does it make a difference? Mm -hmm. And one of the unique things about the evaluation we do, and actually the University of Minnesota has done the last two uh, evaluations, is we try to build in what we think is a critical evaluation component of any program, be it ours or programs we support through our partners that are more in the adult literacy space. But what we look at is is sort of three evaluations. And the first evaluation is what did you know before you took the course? And uh, we do a five-point evaluation. You know, we'll give people a statement, and then they can either strongly disagree or over five points go up to strongly agree. So strongly disagree, disagree, uh, neutral, agree, or strongly agree. Uh, and we, we ask questions, as I said, at three points. Before they take the course, immediately after they take the course, and then most importantly, three months later. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was very capable at school of memorizing things and taking a quiz and don't ask me two days later. Yeah. Now, what's really important to us and, and one of the things we really focus on as we evaluate all of our programs, not just the high school program, is what sticks. Now, what do you really know three months later that might change behavior? So I'll just give you an example. Yes, what have uh, been your uh, results of this? And this is just, uh, and, and these are very basic questions. Now, for example, I know the cost of buying on credit. And these are the people who took our program who said they strongly agreed with that. Now, here's a really disappointing number. Before they took the course, 12.2% of the students strongly agreed with that, that they know the cost of buying on mm -hmm. credit. Immediately after taking the course, that went from 12.2 to 31.1. Mm -hmm. Still not great. And again, these are people who strongly agree they that they understand that. Now, three months later, that 31.1% strongest response jumps to 48.9. Hmm. 
And why is that? Because they had experience in the marketplace? Well, because they're now applying what they've learned. Yeah. So, you know, if you are, you take the quiz after you're done with the course, and then you go out and say, well, now I know what that, what an APR, the annual percentage rate, or I know that I have to make the payment on what I just purchased on credit. And it goes up to almost 50% in that strongest category. We also see similar movement across all the categories. So there's a nice shift in there. Uh, so we're really interested in fundamental behavior change. And that's why we look at things before somebody takes a course, immediately after, and then that three month later, which to us is the real acid test. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's and that's something we build into a lot of our evaluation. So we're a little more optimistic than the general consensus seems to be about the effect of education, and we think it's very valuable. And so we're going to continue to do it. My sense is one of the problems in this whole area of uh, financial education in high schools is that the teachers are you know they need teacher training. They don't feel too confident in talking about personal finance issues themselves because they may have had very little or are in a lot of debt or don't know how to invest or whatever maybe they don't really feel confident in this particular topic are you finding that that's a problem in in spreading these courses uh, I, I'm going to give you a, a weak answer I'm going to tell you I think so and I'll explain why I, I put it that way when I first joined NEFI one of the things I did is I went to teacher training courses and I, I went to one in the middle of winter in Massachusetts just to see who were the teachers that were signing up for this program. And uh, a couple of things struck me. Uh, first of all, the typical teacher in the room, and in that first instance, there were probably 40 teachers there. The average experience was at least 20 years uh, that they'd been teaching in high schools. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed by that, and I, I asked a lot of them, well, why are you doing this? And they said as they became more experienced and more comfortable with uh, their own understanding of their personal financial situation, they felt that that was just something that they needed to get to their students. And that sort of struck a theme with us. So what we've done is gone back and looked at a lot of this, and you're right, uh, some teachers will tell us that sometimes they feel like they're a chapter ahead of the students which is not a great comfort zone. So we thought we'd better get a little more information on this. So about a year ago, we commissioned a study that seven universities are involved in. It's being uh, led at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, And it's really looking at their schools of education. And it's looking at uh, people who are studying to be teachers, people who have just gone out and started their apprenticeship or teacher training, the teachers who are their mentors and the faculty at the school seeing, and, and a couple of fundamental questions we're asking is how comfortable are you with this subject? How important would it be for us as the financial literacy community to get training to you for your own account so that you're more comfortable with this? Uh, and that also might keep more teachers in teaching because uh, that's often cited as a uh, one of the reasons people leave teaching early in their career is just the the uh, pay scales, mm-hmm. the ability to manage the money there. And then also, what's the best way to get this information to you, assuming this is something you want? So that study is ongoing. I cannot give you results yet. Uh, we should have those in about a year because it's a two-year study. But so one of the things being addressed we, then, this whole question of, of teacher training, then uh, yeah. people realize this has been a bottleneck. And, yeah. It's uh, been a bottleneck, yes. Yeah. Um, as far as legislation, uh, there are several states that now do mandate uh, personal financial literacy courses in high school. Is that correct? Is that uh, gaining momentum, that whole movement? 
Uh, it is. Uh, there are some challenges to it. A lot of states are now uh, saying that they they really want these courses built in. Uh, the challenge is is funding. Uh, that there uh, at the moment, I think there are 40 states who have some sort of mandate or guideline on financial education in the school systems. Uh, the problem is is most of them are unfunded. So you have to uh, figure out how to arrange for this training uh, for first of all for the teachers and then for the students. I mean, the exact and these are fairly recent numbers. This is a survey from 2007. There are 40 states that uh, have standards. Uh, 28 uh, require that the standards be implemented, but then it starts to drop off a bit. Nine states have courses required to be offered. Uh, and only seven have student testing required to see if they've actually uh, met that mandate. So the challenge is, is not the interest, but it's actually following through and making sure these things happen. And some of that comes down to funding. I mean, one of the, the great uh, advantages we have, and one of the unique things that, that I think Leafy brings to the party, is, is that everything we do is for free. Because most school systems don't have the funding to go out and buy the curriculum and the books associated with the program. Uh, we are fortunate in that we can give those to the school. So everything we do, the school receives for free. And that's one of the reasons we expect that the programs will continue to grow pretty dramatically to help satisfy this need uh, that's coming from some of these standards. My understanding was that there was money from the SEC uh, settlement when they had the big settlement with the brokerage firms that there were several hundreds of millions of dollars available for financial education. Is some of that money trickling into these programs? Uh, well, in, indirectly, the, uh, the the amount is 85 million uh, that was set aside, and it's managed by uh, primarily by the uh, NASD, the uh, mm -hmm. the uh, watchdog group for the securities industry, and we work very closely with the, the mandate is actually more towards investor education uh, for how that money should be spent and uh, so it gets into adult learning and more investor focused whereas what we're really interested in is very basic understanding of financial literacy uh, they complement each other nicely and we are making every effort we can with the folks that are in responsible for dispersing that money to make sure our programs link together. Mm -hmm. uh, it, again, I go back to the concept I mentioned earlier that uh, we would love to see a continual flow of education throughout somebody's economic life. And that's where some of the things we do that are school-based, we love to see flow into some of the things that NASD and others are funding or organizations they're funding to develop complementary programs. And I guess you're doing things in the workplace as well, workplace financial education. Is that uh, an area of growth for you? Uh, it's an area of growth. Uh, at the moment, we're really building the high school program. We're about to launch what I think is a very interesting college-age program. And we're starting to do research and experimentation into workplace education. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the advantages we have in that we're nonpartisan is that we can take a lot of the content we have already and repackage that for the workplace. And we've been testing that uh, in several locations, working with different nonprofit organizations where we're actually working with their staff see. to see if we can help educate uh, those folks. 
And we're very happy with the initial results. Okay, we have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show, and my guest uh, this hour is Ted Beck, the uh, President and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education. And we'll be back right after this. Bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit. And grow your business with Aldana Ambler and the Grow Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be success over and over again, and wealth result when you reap regularly reap what you sow with alana daily broadcast each thursday at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on the voice america business channel reap what you sow learn the rules of the game then play better than anyone else Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Hi, my name is Joanne and I have mannequinism. Well, I did have it, but I'm not a mannequin anymore. Doctors said over 75% of my body turned into plastic. They said it's because I wasn't active in my community, because I didn't vote or volunteer or I don't know. All I wanted to do was cry, but I couldn't because I had plastic eyes. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Marissa, are you ready yet? I know you can hear me. You are not missing school again. Marissa! You trying to be a nobody or something? Let's go! Alright then, hit it! I know you can hear this! Hey guys, move closer! That's it! Girl, I am not leaving! Hey, whatever it takes, don't let your friends drop out. A real friend can make all the difference. I'm coming! Took you long enough. Thanks for the help, guys. For more ways to help, 
go to OperationGraduation.com. A public service message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, and my, my guest uh, this hour is uh, Ted Beck, who's the president and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education uh, based in Denver. Uh, Ted, we were talking a little bit about workplace education. Um, a lot of people go through high school, go through college, have very little, if not no, financial education of any type, and then they have to start making decisions about allocating their 401k money and taking various care of employee benefits and starting down payments for homes and all these things. What is your sense of the, the need uh, in the workplace for people who really didn't get it during college or high school? Well, I think it's very significant. That's where we're spending a lot of time. If you think about you know, one of the theories you hear a lot in uh, adult education and financial education in particular is the need to have good information to people at teachable moments. And if you think about those, very often that's point of purchase. So if you're making a decision on something around your own investment strategy, something around your retirement plan that's usually very closely tied to the workplace, making sure that there's good, solid information to people at that point in time, that teachable moment, we think is, is very important. And uh, earlier we talked about the change in how pensions are managed, and now you're responsible for doing that, or often uh, you're responsible for doing that yourself. And uh, so we think we need to get that information to people, and workplace is a prime location to do that. So that's why we're trying to develop programs that companies could adopt uh, that don't have a sales pitch tied to them that really give people that, that fundamental knowledge to make informed decisions. So, yeah, that that's a huge growth. How would that be implemented? There would be somebody in the company who would teach it, or how would it actually be distributed through companies? Well, we, there's a potential for volunteer forces out there. There's a lot of people who are in the financial community that are interested in doing volunteer work. Uh, we just had a meeting with about 11 organizations here in Denver where that represent lots of people from the financial industry, uh, CPAs, financial planning people, etc., who are all uh, interested in doing pro bono work where they could go in and do that sort of thing. So that's one option. The companies themselves could train people to do that. Uh, Internet, uh, distance learning options are there. It's just a real wide range of opportunities here. And it's not just workplace either. Uh, We're doing a lot of work with different community groups uh, or associations. Very often these days people who have a job, uh, let's look at a nurse. They may actually have as much loyalty to a nursing association as they might for the hospital they're working at. So -hmm. we're really testing all sorts of different ways to do this so that we can get that basic information to people. Let's talk a little bit about some of the resources uh, that NEFI offers uh, to the public in various ways. Sure. Uh, First of all, just maybe get out your uh, website and and phone number for people wanting further information about NEFI before we go into the particular programs. Well, uh, it's NEFI.org and uh, that's the primary uh, website for the organization. Uh, And the phone number is area code 303-741-6363. 
Uh, but there's another website that I think that is one of our websites that I think is almost more helpful. It's called smartaboutmoney.org. Uh, Again, that's smartaboutmoney.org. And that's a public awareness campaign we launched in 2005 where it's information really built around various life decisions people have to make. Uh, things like saving for college for your children, uh, trying to stop working paycheck to paycheck, uh, planning for retirement, planning for buying a home. And uh, within that website, around each one of those sort of key decision areas that people face in their financial life or potentially face, there's a whole series of resources, all of which are scrubbed to make sure that they are not uh, a sales pitch on background information that, that you need to know as you're thinking about those things. So it's very, I think, very user-friendly, very good resource for people who are trying to become more informed about those decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, you also have a teen resource bureau, is that right? What, what is involved in that one? Well, uh, it's a uh, the National Teen Relations Board. It's a way to go in and uh, you know ask a little bit of qu- some questions that teens themselves uh, might ask, uh, and then that's, there's also the high school program that we talked about, and then I think equally interesting is the new college program that's coming. Tell us a, lot, a little bit about the new college program. Well, the college program I think is one of the most interesting things we're developing. Uh, to give you a little background, one of the things NEFI does is we give grants to different organizations to study subjects in personal finance, uh, consumer finance. But we also have received well over 40 requests from different universities to help develop a basically a financial survival skill for their students. Uh, so the idea is when you get to college, uh, you're really assaulted by all sorts of different uh, credit card companies who are trying to get you to you know, take up their card for a free T-shirt. Uh, then you've got to, you're faced with challenges like opening a bank account. Maybe you really were never exposed to any of the family finances, and you've got to suddenly have a budget. So there's a whole series of, of we think, very key uh, decisions that, that people have to make when they start school. Now, one of the challenges of the requests that we received is that they didn't migrate very well. So the concept of, you know, if a uh, one university developed the program, would another university adopt it, didn't seem to be working. So what we've decided to do, and this has been in development for about a year, is that we decided NEFI would provide a core of information that we would make available to any school that they could then deliver as they see fit at their campus. And uh, we started working with the alumni associations, actually, in the Big Ten, who were very responsive to this, and because uh, they liked the idea of developing contact with students while they're on campus. So the program that's evolved uh, that will go live, actually, at the end of August, is think about a four- to six-year uh, curriculum where your freshman year you're asking questions about opening bank accounts. Uh, gee, what kind of credit card uh, do I need? How many do I need? Uh, preferably very few. Uh, and the whole concept of peer spending and issues that you're facing as a freshman in college. Then fast forward to sophomore year, you're thinking maybe about getting an apartment. What's a lease? What are you on the hook for for sublease? And then that rolls out those sorts of 
points of information roll out through your college career and actually well beyond that into that first couple of years out of school when you're having to actually make a lot of decisions about uh, where you're going to live, what's, what are fringe benefits that you might be looking at in a job offer. So, so these are offered through the college directly, as you're saying. Excuse me? Yes. These are offered through the colleges. And we'll provide the content on an ongoing base, basis and make sure it's updated and clean and well-tested so that it meets financial, you know, good, solid financial planning sorts of standards. Uh, but then each college will be responsible for delivering it on their campus. And as I said, we're partnering with uh, several of the Big Ten schools uh, that will go live uh, this fall. And the nice thing is is that as that pilot uh, runs through to make sure we the, the content is what we want, at that point it will be available to any school in the country that wants it from four-year colleges, community colleges, uh, so that, that that information and that steady flow of good, solid financial uh, resources will be available to anybody who wants it. Is this a particular problem that uh, college students are getting into a lot of debt and financial uh, problems because they're not really well educated about these matters? Uh, and, well, it goes beyond just college students. It's college-age students. Uh, it's very, if you look at the statistics where kids are coming out of school with $4,000 in credit card debt and eighteen dollars to $20,000 in student loan debt, those are pretty big numbers and uh, take a while to work off. And to the extent that we can help people manage that and make good decisions and uh, really not get themselves into a hole, we think that's a very, very key effort that we can support. Uh, you know, interesting statistic to me is that more students drop out of college for financial reasons than academic. Mm-hmm. And that says to me we have to do something about that. And so you're thinking if people learn about this and, and manage their money better, then they would be able to get through college without having to take on more debt or be able to manage the whole situation better? Well, what we want them to have is a good, dependable resource that they can go to where we know they're getting good information. And, yes, I do think that will help. Very good. Okay, well, we're, we're going to go into a break here, but uh, so far we've talked about high school education, we've talked about uh, college education, some on, on uh, workforce uh, education. Uh, we're going to talk about consumers as well. You deal directly with consumers and various kinds of material uh, that you offer as well. So we'll be getting to that as well. Great. Okay, again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Ted Beck, uh, the uh, president and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education, NIFI. Uh, his website is nifi.org, and one of their other websites um, is uh, smartaboutmoney.org. Uh, we'll be back after this. Bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in 
both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Ted Beck, who is the president and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education based in Denver. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, the whole situation of financial literacy and financial education in this country. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, grants program uh, that you have and what are some of the partners that you're involved with in uh, furthering financial education. Sure. Uh, Well, one of the big things we do is we fund research uh, around different programs that we think uh, could make a difference to the public and also, very importantly, that may have the the potential for national scale. Uh, Just to give you a couple of highlights, uh, we're, we're very interested in issues around uh, the whole concept of retirement and specifically looking at different communities like the Latino community. Uh, We have research projects looking specifically at issues that those communities face that may may be unique to uh, their uh, world. Uh, We're also looking at issues in retirement around decumulation. What decisions do you actually make after you retire? So how do you maximize the assets you have to make sure that you have financial security through the remainder of your life and that you're not struggling because you've made the wrong decisions post-retirement? So those are some of the things we're looking at right now. A couple of the programs that I'm very uh, pleased with is we actually funded the development of an evaluation tool uh, that we funded at uh, the University of Georgia. Where, which we make available to anybody who wants to use it that allows you to look at your financial education program and develop an evaluation tool that has that pre, post, and then three or six months later component to it. Mm-hmm. And anybody who wants to use that can just go online and uh, adopt it for the situation that they have. So, again, that's where we think we can be a common denominator and, and do a lot of things. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe the last two I'd like to mention. A very interesting program we've just developed uh, through a grant with uh, the Port Authority in Seattle where they are embedding financial education into the apprenticeship programs that they support for the trades. And I, I sat through one of the uh, programs about two weeks ago in Seattle, and this is where that it was uh, apprentice uh, people who were putting up wallboard, uh, and they were really learning about how to make financial decisions as they walk, went into the trades. And it was fascinating to watch uh, the students in the program, how interested they were and how much they wanted to absorb all the information that was being given to them in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think those sorts of that has scale, and that's the kind of thing we can help take across the country to interested parties. And so that, that scale question is really interesting for us. And, and, and the last one is also an example of that. We, uh, we're just finishing a grant at uh, Hampton University in Virginia where the MBA students as part of their education go teach workshops in community churches where they go in and they've developed these workshops around key issues facing the community. Uh, and as you know, Hampton is a historically black school and they have often gone into uh, the churches immediately in that area and they're developing, have developed some very effective uh, workshops to teach uh, parishioners in those churches uh, about basic financial education questions. So you know, we think research has got to be something that's not just read by two or three people, but that has real practical application to wide ranges of people in the community. So that's something we're very, very proud of. Now, I understand that you've been testifying uh, in, in the Senate and also had a White House initiative. Tell me about uh, what, what happened there. Well, uh, it was in the House, the testimony we did in September, and really looking at the wide range of issues uh, surrounding financial education. And it really underscores the strong interest that's developing in Washington around this whole question. And the caucus for financial education, I think, is up to uh, 98 or 99 members now uh, in the House. And uh, that, that was one of the factors that I think led in April of this year us, the CEOs of seven of the organizations in the financial literacy community were invited to the White House to meet with President Bush and uh, several of his cabinet members uh, to really talk about what could be done as a national initiative. Uh, as you know, uh, there was a commission put in place called FLAC, the Financial Literacy Education Commission, the Treasury has been leading for several years. And uh, they came out with their recommendation uh, last spring. And now we're trying to figure out how to take that really into action steps, and we were invited in to meet with the president and really talk about this in some depth about what specifically can be done and what our recommendations are. Uh, and we have uh, that was then given to uh, uh, Secretary Paulson of Treasury, who is now putting together an implementation plan that we're very anxious to see this fall. Uh, the meeting was well over an hour. It was not simply a photo op. It was real hard questions about what could be done on a national basis to get people to focus on their own financial well-being. I viewed that as a huge breakthrough. Uh, So what has happened since that April meeting? uh, Well, at the moment, Treasury is working on uh, the specific strategy, which uh, will be announced uh, probably here this fall. And uh, we have been actively engaged with Treasury, as have several other people 
uh, from the financial literacy community in giving suggestions on what that might entail. And then when Sec Secretary Paulson came out uh, with a statement in June uh, emphasize on how to keep the uh, U.S. competitive, uh, there was a press release, I think it was June 27th. And interestingly, of the six items mentioned, improved financial education was one of them. So we think this is really starting to get a lot of attention, not only in our community and the business community, but also in the government. And are you looking for specific legislation to, like, mandate financial education on a national level, or what are some specific things you're looking for? Well, I think it's a, I, I would hate to steal thunder here, but we've made a series of recommendations uh, built around education, awareness, development of tools uh, that we've passed on to the government, and we'll see what they come back with because this is the ball is really in their court right now. But I think that the key point is uh, that we're expecting or hoping to see some very specific re recommendations uh, that will have a long life to them. Mm -hmm. All right, well, as we uh, just about wrap up here, just maybe summarize a little bit about the current state of financial literacy or illiteracy in this country and, and uh, what NEFI has uh, been doing about it. Well, I think there's, uh, first of all, the subject has become very important, and more and more people are realizing that. And if you start to look at momentum, uh, you're starting to get interest not only from the academic community and the nonprofit world that have always had some interest here, but you're starting to see it in business and government. So clearly, this will be a very important topic for the foreseeable future as people are asked to really take control of their financial lives and be informed enough to make good decisions. So we're very excited about the momentum. That's probably the first and, and most important message. Second thing is, is we think by getting the different members of the financial literacy community, both profit, for-profit and non-for-profit, thinking together, we can really start to develop some scale. Uh, we were very segmented as a community, and that seems to be changing. We're starting to work together we bring what we think are effective programs to the American public. Now we just have to make sure that uh, we're doing that in a very efficient way that works for people. Very good. Okay, well, it's a terrific program, and I think a lot of uh, listeners will really get a lot out of it. They can go to nefe.org for more information. Uh, thank you very much, Ted Beck, uh, CEO of NEFI, for uh, your comments this, this hour. Um, and again, this is Jordan Goodman on the Money Answer Show. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.